Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Conviction, where we feel a conviction to discuss questions and topics surrounding church, culture, ministry, and just general life as a Jesus follower. My name is Caleb, and today it's actually just me. Uh, typically, I am joined by my co-host, Parker, but uh, life right now for him as a father, husband, all those things has had a lot of different stuff for family and all of that. And so this week we realized we didn't have anything on the docket and we didn't want to miss a week for y'all. So we looked and said, hey, let's just do a little solo pod, a little monologue discussion and see what can happen. And so you guys are stuck with just me today. I hope you can bear with me. Um, but we are going to still be talking about faith, talking about different stuff within church. And actually today I wanted to have a conversation uh, that I oftentimes end up thinking on. It's something I talk with a lot of pastors about, it's something I occasionally talk with just general followers of Jesus about. And so I wanted to share some of my thoughts about why denominations matter. I don't have Parker, so if I take a sip of water, it's actually a long pause. So why denominations matter? Now, this is a conversation I think for a lot of people, they don't necessarily think a lot on or they don't think on from all the different angles. Uh, within our modern church setting, there's a reality that we have churches that are within denominations. We have churches that are a part of very old mainline denominations, churches that have been around for a long time, right? You have churches that are Catholic churches. You have churches that are Orthodox churches. You have churches that were birthed out of the Protestant Reformation. You have Lutheran churches. You have Anglican churches. You end up having uh, churches that are Methodist. You have churches that are Baptist. You have the Southern Baptists. You have churches also maybe uh, that are part of denominations that were birthed in the last about 120 years out of the uh, Pentecostal movement and that sort of a thing where you end up seeing the Assemblies of God, the Church of God in Christ, Church of God, Cleveland, Tennessee, a bunch of them, Foursquare. There's a ton of different denominations. And then you have churches that are a part of this whole non-denominational crowd. Now, I want to specify something on the top of this conversation or really more so monologue and just say, this is not me saying that if a church is non-denominational, that it is bad. And it is not me saying that only certain denominations are good. I simply want to be able to talk about why they matter and why, if you're not a part of one, I do think there are some very real pitfalls that need to be acknowledged, that there are some very real things that have to be understood for why denominations truly matter and also why they're a benefit not really just for pastors, but actually for the congregations of these churches and that sort of a thing. So let's dive into this and talk about this a little bit. So when you look at denominations, what ends up being some of the different distinctives, right? That sort of a thing. Now, when we end up talking about denominations, it is common or most common or really all the time that there is a difference in doctrine so we have dogma. Dogma is like the big stuff. The big stuff being like, hey, is Jesus, like, is Jesus the son of God? Like the Trinity, like different things like this. We look at dogma things uh, and we end up saying, if you do not align with these things, you are falling 
out of orthodoxy and you are falling into heresy. You are following out of what is a Christian understanding of the Bible, of God, of life as a human, all these different things. There's an orthodoxy that matters. That is dogmatic items. So then you have doctrinal items and then below that, you have things that are more of a matter of opinion. A quick couple of examples of things of opinion that pretty across the board, I don't believe there's many denominations that would uh, attest a statement of faith on it. But you know, you might have something like creation where you would look and you would end up saying, how do we handle the creation story and narrative and that sort of a thing? That's a little bit more of an opinion level of that sort of a deal. Uh, there's a couple of other examples I could go into, but I don't want to waste time. So when we end up getting to the doctrinal level, these are things that all of these denominations would say matter to them. And so they then create some dividing lines. They create some distinctives in which these churches will operate differently. Um, with this then, what is the benefit of having a denomination attached to your church? Well, you know what they believe. Uh, really, the ultimate reality is when you have a church that's non-denominational, let's just kind of speak to the reality of it. They then are instantly becoming their own denomination in many ways. Why? Because they must now define what they believe. Whereas when you're a part of a denomination, you already know what that church believes. You're able to look and see the things that they stand upon, the things they affirm to, the things that they are agreeing with within scripture and all of that stuff. Yet when you're a part of a non-denominational church, you might sit back and you might say, man, is this a church that believes in the gifts of the Holy Spirit for today? Is this a church that believes in women in ministry? Is this a church that believes in, and there's a whole host of lists of things that we could go down, eschatology, all this different stuff, right? And so when you have a denominational backing, you actually have an understanding of what they believe, an understanding of some of the things these churches at the minimum will value. Now, does that mean that every church with a denomination is going to be the exact same? Not at all. Uh, for example, for myself, me and my wife, Sierra, you know, we're licensed and actually pretty shortly uh, this next week going to be ordained with the Assemblies of God. That is our fellowship and all of those things. Uh, the Assemblies of God would say, uh, that it is not, you know, it's not technically a denomination. It's a cooperative fellowship, but there are distinctives. There is the 16 fundamental truths. There's these 16 things that ministers within the assemblies of God. And then so through that churches of the assemblies of God, uh, hold common belief in that they look and they say, these things matter to us and all of that stuff. But every assemblies of God church, um, has an amount of a sovereign nature in the sense that they are their own standing church. They have the ability to be a community in and of itself that is then expressing itself in a certain way. So if you go to one Assemblies of God church and then you go to another Assemblies of God church, there might be some things you notice that are similar, but their style of worship, the way they're going through the word, the way that their pastor um, is helping them to be able to experience the sacraments, whatever it may be, there's going to be some differences in their nature, but you know there's this grounding rod in the middle that is what this denomination has said matters and that sort of a thing within this church. Same thing if you were to look to the Southern Baptist, same thing if you were to look to uh, people within like Free Methodist, all these different denominations. There is Presbyterian. There's a lot of different things that you would see. Another aspect though of denominational alignment is church governance. 
And this is the thing. And now again, for myself, I'm, you know, within the assemblies of God, so I can most easily speak to the assemblies of God. This is what I think matters most about being a part of a denomination and especially a church being a part of one that has a lot of, um, trust within its denomination. So if you're a non-denominational church, the reality is the, the buck, you know, right. The, the end of the road stops with your church. It stops with your leadership. It stops with, you know, maybe you're a heavily pastor led church. It stops with your senior pastor. Uh, it stops with your board who has maybe been voted on or maybe has been appointed in and that sort of a thing. Whereas when you are a part of a denomination, uh, and especially, you know, when you look at like the assemblies of God, there is now a whole host of people backing your pastors and as well as backing your church in the sense of they're in your corner trying to make sure stuff is going well, that it's healthy and it's not being messed with, right? That sort of a thing. Specifically for the Assemblies of God, you have it where pastors, their license or their ordination papers, that sort of a thing, which just means that they have aligned and chosen to be a part of this denomination. It's held by the denomination. So if let's say a pastor within the Assemblies has a moral failing, Let's say they have a mishandling of money. Let's say they have a a uh, some sexual immorality. Let's say they have something go on that is outstanding from the character that God calls a Christian and also ministers to kind of live within. Well, now the denomination is going to step in. They're stepping in. Why? To one, to yes, help care for that pastor, help them to get to a place of repentance, get them to a spot um, of restoration if possible and all those things. But also they're stepping in to help that congregation. They're stepping in to help those people at that church. Why? Because it didn't stop with the pastor. There was still someone above who cared, who's backing, who's there for them. And this is the main reason for myself that I look and I say, man, denominations matter, having a, you know, even we'll call it a cooperative fellowship, having churches around you who are together and what's going on. It matters because guess what? It cannot all land on the shoulders of a small or even at times just singular person, a small group of people or a singular person because people fail. Like if I was to look and let's just say for myself, you know, one day, uh, you know, I believe that the Lord's leading Sierra and I to be lead pastors at a church at some point, whenever he would open the door for that. And if that never happens, you know, that's all good by his leading. But as we think of what that day could look like, I do not want to be so arrogant and prideful that I would look and say, I will never fail that I would look and say, I would never have a selfish inclination that I would never have, um, even maybe just a sinful, sinful thought or desire, whatever it may be that I would not honestly end up having the opportunity to fall out of line within ministry. Now here's the benefit of me being within a domination. One, I have accountability Two, I have people who are reaching out to me. And three, there is a reality that if I do fail, there are people who are there to care for the people who I have now failed. That matters. Like that matters. That matters not just for the pastors, that matters for the congregation. That matters for the people within that 
church. Now, again, the statements of faith, the beliefs, all those things, those a thousand percent matter. I think there's some denominations that they probably have a little bit too firm of a hand when it comes to their church governance or some of these things that it happen within communities. But I also do think that you would rather have people who are there to care and try to help and all of that stuff that have no safe net whatsoever. And again, this is from somebody like Assemblies of God, a Pentecostal denomination, all these different things, you know, people would typically think, you know, oh, you got Pentecostals and all this stuff. It must be some wild spirit led thing and all that stuff. Well, there's still wisdom that is necessary within that type of a movement. And that is necessary within a movement like the Assemblies of God, right? That sort of a thing within any church setting. And to look and to say, you know, our church is doing something new. We're doing something different. We're having this. I do not think is a bad thing. I just think that it means that you need to be able to figure out how will you have accountability. So let's say you're a church that wants to be non-denominational. You say, we don't have anyone that we affiliate with and all those things. How are you creating accountability that is going to help yourself to pastor well and is going to help your congregation to be covered beyond you? Because again, this must go beyond just you. And are you wanting to be non-denominational because it's just easy? Is it because you do not align with any other groups? Like you have to really sit down and ask yourself, why is this the approach we are choosing to go? And is there a direction you might need to either turn to, or you need to really look and say, we have to set up some systems to make sure that we are in a good spot. Because again, you look at different stuff within different communities and churches and things like that. And man, it is so sad when the fallout is the reality that when one person failed, it cost everything because there was no one else behind it. There was no one else stewarding it. There was no one else caring for it. You know, when I think of the assemblies of God, I am very thankful. Uh, and although I do not act to know everything about the denomination and movement's history or anything like that, I do not act like I am aware of every single hardship that potentially people have felt from within a community because every community is going to have problems. But I think of stories, and you might not be aware of this one, whoever's listening to this, but I think of stories like like Jimmy Swaggart's. You know, Jimmy Swaggart, who's still, uh, I still actually believe, still ministering to this day and all these things, but uh, has a major moral failing. It's easy to Google and look up his story from when it happened and all that stuff, but has a major moral failing. He's a Assemblies of God minister, and the Assemblies of God called him to step out to be able to uh, seek repentance to seek restoration over time and all of these things. And, um, they decided not to, he decided not to, he decided not to step into that. And he stepped out. They took away his license, his ordination. He still went out and ministered and all those things. That was his right to do. Uh, there, the church that he was pastoring was giving a exorbitant amount of money to missions and the assemblies of God is a missions first organization in pretty much every respect. It was birthed as a missions movement. And this guy whose church was having such a reach for missions, such a reach with funds, 
You know what? Many people would have looked and said, hey, we should let this pass. Why? Because you know the ministry really matters. But they looked and they said the character matters here. The character and the leadership matters. And again, did them removing his license stop him from ministering? Well, no, because really that's the reality is people will make decisions they want to. But as a denomination, as an organization, they made a statement of looking and saying there is something that matters when it comes to the character of our ministers. And so then with that, his church and those members, although some and many, you know, may have stayed and all that stuff, they had an opportunity to look and say, these are the people that our pastor had submitted himself to, and he's now stepping out of it. We need to now think, is this something we still want to be a part of? You know, we could go over other stories of people who were within the assemblies, had things happen, like a Jim Baker, different people like that. But again, this is where I look and I end up saying, man, denominations, it it matters. And if you're uncomfortable with the accountability, and again, I again, I know that no system is perfect. I know that no way of doing it is perfect, but I think you're better doing it together with others and figuring out how to make it the best system possible rather than saying, let's create our own system, our own way of doing it, and just trying to figure out your own style for it, whatever it may be. Again, these denominations are helping there to be, hopefully, accountability. They're helping there to be certainty. You know what? In some ways, I also pray and hope that there'll be denominations that will start to be willing to work more and more together, maybe even get into a spot where we see less denominations, not because... Not because there's then less churches, but because you end up having groups say, you know what? We can actually align even more. We can see more of what the scripture is saying here in this area. We can see more. And again, it's not me saying that people need to compromise a bunch of stuff. It's looking and saying, man, it would be awesome to see more unity in that, but there still can be unity amongst these denominations. And does it create confusion sometimes? Let's just be like straight up about it. Do denominations sometimes create confusion? You're driving around town and you see like 50 different like subtitles to your churches and you're like, what the heck is this? What's going on? Well, yeah, like let's just be real. There is a reality of that. There is a reality. There can be an amount of confusion that's created within that because people look and they say, well, what kind of Christian are you? What kind of church do you go to? And then you have maybe a little bit of tribalism. You got people who end up looking and they end up saying, well, I'm a part of this kind of a church. And those kind of churches, they don't really know Jesus, right? And all those things. And again, if there's a church that differs on dogma, differs on who Jesus is, differs on so many things. I could outline all of it. I'm not going to because I don't want to miss something. And then people say, Caleb doesn't really care about that. But it creates an amount of confusion. But sadly, I think it's a necessary confusion in some ways that hopefully one day can be more unified. Because again, if we just look and say, well, now we just have the better, again, it's looking and just saying, man, what do we do? Uh, I, I love thinking about some of the early churches within the Pentecostal movement in particular, who you end up having these churches who all start banding together, even though originally they said, well, we don't really want denominations. We don't really want these structures. We don't really want this. Many of them had been kicked out of their denominations after their experiences um, at whatever setting they were when they experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit or they experienced the gifts of the Spirit in such a radical way. They're being kicked out and removed from all these different denominations, organizations, and all this stuff. But after time started to go forward, they looked around and they said, we would be much better together. They were a people that said, hey, let's have there be kind of this Wild West moment, right? A little bit where they're looking and saying, every man for themselves, we're going to figure out what this is. And then they looked around and they said, man, what if we just came together on this? What if we found 
unity within this and that sort of a thing. I think that is, I, I think that's the hope of the church. I think that's what we're trying to see. And I think for many of the churches who look, and some it's not even an intentional thought, but when there is this intentional thought of we're just going to be non-denominational, we're just going to do our own thing, we're just going to see this happen. I, I just, I just would wonder at what point we're going to repeat history again. And these churches are going to look around and say, we'd be better together. And that doesn't just mean that you put a sign up that says, we also like this church. We also like this church. No, like you actually look and you say, there's skin in the game right now of us saying this matters, that the overarching church matters. I will say for myself, and I know that some of the people I know who listen to this podcast occasionally are from a lot of different backgrounds within churches and denominations and non-denominational backgrounds. And again, I'm not saying that those churches are in the wrong but i will just say that when i hear other people's experience who are outside of a denominational structure or maybe are in um a little bit weaker denominations at this point just saying the fact that there's times that things ebb and flow for groups and that sort of a thing i am so thankful for the baked in built in community that i have of fellow youth pastors of fellow uh, just ministers in general, whether they're lead pastors, associate pastors, kids, pastors, people who are um, itinerating for missions, all these things, all these people that I get to meet and see and know who I know are in my corner. And if I reach out to them and say, hey, can you be praying for me? They're praying for me. There's people I can reach out to and say, hey, I got to get coffee this week. Can you get coffee with me? That matters. And again, if you're somebody listening to this and you're not a minister, you're not a pastor, that matters to you as well because that means that your pastors have people in their corner. And that is something that is very, very important. That means your pastors have people who are reaching out to them and caring for them. That means your pastors have people, honestly, that they're accountable to. That if you end up looking and you end up saying, I'm concerned about some stuff, that yes, there is a value in going to that person directly, but maybe there's some situations where you're like, I want to go to them, but I actually don't think this will be received. I think I actually need to go and bring somebody else in with this. Guess what? When you're a part of a denominational structure, there's actually a path for that most likely. And if there is not, you should find find out why because it might be that there's been a breakdown of some systems but with this being said i think denominations matter i think they're a great thing to have i think they make us think i think they make us be stretched i think they help us to not just become in tune to our own ways and all of that uh, i went to a university that's a part of the assemblies of god northwest university and uh did my undergrad and my master's there And I was very thankful for teachers who also would teach in ways that would help us understand how other groups within Christ think, how other groups within the church think. There's a blessing to that. Again, because you have people who are helping push other areas and things like that. So again, denominations, they matter. They create a difference within many things, but man, they also help protect pastors. They help protect communities and congregations and all of that. And so again, this is a bit of a monologue. This is a bit of me just trying to kind of even think through it myself. Uh, You guys, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope this makes sense. I hope you're able to track with this with me. And uh, I would love it. Me and Parker both would love it that if you guys have any questions, any comments, anything like that, DM us on Instagram at the Caleb and Parker podcast. We want to be able to engage with you guys. Leave a rating and a review, five stars preferred. Uh, And even there, you guys could end up leaving a comment, whatever it would be. We want to be able to engage with you guys. We want to know what's going on. Um, And again, if you guys want some follow-up, maybe it'd be if you'd like me to take some time to really research a lot of the denominations kind of minutia and you wanted a long episode breaking down a bunch of, we can try to do that. Um, 
There's a lot of resources out there. And again, I'm not doing it today because I just don't want to do a disservice to a group of people who believe very passionately about many different things. And so with that being said, y'all, this has been fun. This has been a stretch for me. Matthias is laughing at me a little bit um, as I'm just kind of figuring this out. So thank you guys for bearing with me today. Thank you guys for jumping on today. Uh, we always appreciate it. Share it with a friend if you found it beneficial. Let us know what we could talk about more by DMing us and sending us a question. And uh, with that being said, my name is Caleb and we appreciate you guys checking out this episode. See you next time.